Hey, welcome back to Widowed Too Soon. Mark Massaro is back in the house along with my friend and co-host, Michelle Bader. What is up, Michelle? <laughs> I'm glad I'm you're back in the house. I'm so back glad. In back in the house, but are you in a different house? I'm Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm not back in the house. Right. I'm in the house again. Yes. So you are now in Tennessee. Tell us about that. I am a Tennessean. Well, we traveled across the country and uh, it was it was really awesome. Um, We went to the Grand Canyon, which was, oh, my gosh, absolutely Mm. spectacular. Um, It was it was really like Lacey used to always tell me, like, Mark, I'm telling you, pictures do it no justice. Mm. Like you have to see it in person. And as soon as we walked up and I looked out, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I cannot believe how vast this place is, you know? And then to still think that that is tiny compared to the planet, you know, and the level of personal stuff, it just really gives you this, this perspective of how magnificent God is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was neat. Um, We went through New Mexico. Um, I have been a fan of the show Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. which isn't, you know, it isn't the best content, <laughs> whatever. I'm a Keeping fan. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Um, <laughs> and uh, so if anybody's a fan of that show, uh, you know, the character Jesse Pinkman, the show was filmed in New Mexico. I went to Jesse Pinkman's house and I nice. took a picture of myself out front of his house, which was pretty cool. Um, I was going to go to the main character's house. Uh, his name is Walter White in the show. Um, but I heard that it's, I read this article that it's like this old lady's house oh. and that she's sick of the people coming oh, by. Yeah. Just leave me alone. And so <laughs> I wanted to be respectful of that. So I didn't yeah. go by that house. Um, but yeah, I went to a couple other locations and just things like that. So that was cool. Went across Texas and Oklahoma and my goodness, that is just the same thing for a really long time. <laughs> Like, I loved it, though. It was just so cool. I really, I think because I'd been working so hard leading up to the move, right? Like just behind the wheel mindlessly was like, really like therapeutic. Um, went on to Arkansas, stayed there and was going to stay an extra night there because the guy at the hotel told me there's this huge storm coming in. They were on a, a tornado watch in that area, uh, oh. flood, flood, flash flood warnings, um, all kinds of like hail, like all kinds of crazy stuff. I saw some of the most intense weather I've ever seen. Um, but I did decide because I realized that this, yeah, I saw like the most intense weather I've ever seen. Um, but there was this huge storm rolling over Tennessee and Arkansas was one state away Mm -hmm. so I knew that if I left to go across Tennessee at that point I was going to be stuck in this really large storm so that's why I was going to stay but it said that the storm was going on for like three to five days oh wow it was gonna like postpone my trip by a lot you know so I decided to reroute um through Mississippi down through Alabama and then just go straight north into like Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is like mm-hmm. two hours from where I'm going. Um, anyways, so 
I went through the most insane storm. (laughs) (laughs) I totally got caught in it. um, And I kept trying to go south to to beat it. Um, But it was interesting. As I would go south, I would outrun the storm. But Mm. as soon as the, the highway turned and started going southeast, the storm would catch up with me. And I kept playing this game for like two hours until I dropped far enough south that the storm wasn't there anymore. Um, went into Birmingham, Alabama, which actually was super cool because I have a really good friend that retired and moved to Alabama. Oh, nice. And so because I went that way, I got to go visit him and I hadn't seen him in like a year um, since he retired. And so got to go hang out with him. Anyways, made it to Tennessee. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm. I, I adore it here. I love it so much. My kids get to go um, back to regular school. Nice. Uh, and the schools here are phenomenal. So it's just, it's been a huge blessing. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I prayed about it for a long time. I prayed mm-hmm. about it for like six months and I just kept seeing doors opening and signs and all these different things. And now I've just gotten this confirmation from how smoothly everything's been here and how mm-hmm. much I that I'm like, yes, this was the will for us. I went to our new church for the first time and um, it's just been absolutely awesome and a huge blessing. And I'm super happy to be here and be a Tennessean, nice. y'all. <laughs> y'all. <laughs> so what was the moment like for you when you drove away from your house? You know, I thought it was going to be hard, mm-hmm. but it was like I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I realized Mm -hmm. as I was getting towards the end of packing Mm -hmm. that it had been really hard for me to live there. It had been really hard for me to stay in that house. And, um, it was, it was almost like it was putting, um, a roadblock in the way of me moving forward in life. Right. And, um, it's like, I felt like, and so the closer I got to the end, it was just like the more I just wanted to get out. And uh-huh. I feel like now that roadblock has been lifted. And I can't tell you, you know, not everybody would relate to this because not everybody's, you know, me, but it's my own personality <laughs> things. But um, it feels so good to be somewhere where nobody knows what happened. Right. It's like such an incredible feeling that like, I'm not concerned about running into somebody who knew what happened and knew what we've been through. Um, it's like, I can, you know, I think I mentioned this before, but it's like, now I control the narrative. Yes. The narrative control me. That's awesome. Um, you know, I've used this before, but it just really stuck with me that like being in the grocery store that one time that I was telling you about that, that woman's just like, Hey, aren't you that guy that lost your wife with cancer? <laughs> Um, that was hard for me because it, you know, that one event, even though it's happened a couple times in different places, but that one particular event made me feel like everywhere I go, everybody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. And it was just the most unsettling feeling because of who I am. Like, I, I like to be private, but I also like to choose. Right. Like, I'm pretty, tra- so it's weird. I like to be private, but I'm also very transparent. So, but the, the, the thing that I've realized is that I like to control who knows and who doesn't. So for, to answer your question, for me driving away from the house, um, you know, there was a part of me, of course, that was like, wow, like this is where we, you know, pretty much raised our kids up until this point and where everything happened. And, 
but then now there was just this part of me that was like good riddance you know yep. mm-hmm. yeah, i'm excited to and more so you know less so about the house but more so about the new life that we get to live here yes for many various different reasons but um yeah i'm so i'm a proud tennessean very proud tennessean i'm happy to be here i wanted to tell you something though that i've been waiting that got told to me probably about three weeks ago about the last time we recorded i think it was actually right after our last episode okay my friend chris who i've Mm -hmm. mentioned a few times who listens to our podcast yeah he sends me this message and he said, I cannot listen to your podcast without thinking about this. And he sends me a picture of the girl Monica from Friends. Why? Because her, her, one of her, I guess her famous lines is she goes, I know. <laughs> and he's all, I hear Michelle. <laughs> every, this is what I think of every time what? Michelle says, I know. And he sends me this YouTube he sends me this YouTube video of all the time <laughs> he says it. And I'm he like, oh my send, God. You need to send that to me. I have to send it to you because there's so many what? times where I say something and you agree with it. And you go, I, I do. Know. I do. I'm going to have to listen back because I don't even remember that. Oh my gosh. I was I dying know. laughing when he said okay. that. I know. <laughs> okay i don't remember saying that but i'm sure i do if he says i do well i say it too it's like when you agree with somebody about well, something, yeah you know? it's kind of like some people go i know right i know right you know right. a lot of people do that but you and i both do that thing where we go like i know i know but you okay. have the, the, the girl voice so i was like he's like i can't unhear it now and i'm like oh my gosh i'm gonna I'm all, not only am i gonna share that with her i'm gonna share that with her on air because right because really you haven't funny. told me that yet you were waiting until on air i was waiting yep i was waiting That's i thought that funny. was really funny i know yeah. it's funny i know <laughs> now i'm gonna be like saying it the whole time i know but i do That's have all right. here i have my <laughs> things yeah you'll you'll hear it. it's not something that i ever noticed right until he sent me that and it was just like oh my god it's more so it's not so much about the words it's more so about like your bubbly personality okay and it's got anyways it is funny if anybody watches friends out there they probably know what I'm i know <laughs> oh my gosh i will be oh, watching great. that clip because i gotta see yeah, yeah i'll send it to you anyways i had anyways. to share that with you how have you been what's up with your you- world Good. Well, as you all heard in my last episode, it was all about this. You know, there's been a lot of criticism on my social media, but for every one negative, there's been like literally hundreds of positives. I even had a, I got another negative one that I just did a response to that. It was like, oh, it was, um, I decided to do like, cause I was kind of down for a few days and I'm like, whatever, they're not going to stop me. I talked about that in the episode. And so I did this one of Joel and I, and how we found love and I'm not going to keep stop sharing it. And then somebody wrote in a response, like, uh, why advertise go on with your life lady. And so of course I needed to respond to that one. And so I said, I advertise because it gives hope to widows. And then I got so many responses, like, please don't quit what you're doing. You helped me so much, you know, and it was just like so many positive responses that it helped to encourage me when I was feeling kind of like, uh, you know, so that's been good is just continuing to do what I do, even when I don't feel like it, because I get so many positives that it's helping people. And so that helps encourage me. 
But something super exciting is I have started a nonprofit and I didn't even know what a nonprofit, I like didn't fully understand. I just thought nonprofit meant you would not make money, but that is not true. (laughs) I like had no clue. So once it was explained to me what nonprofit is and that I'm already, you know, doing a lot of widow ministry and stuff like that. And what I could do, I decided to start one called widow goals, which is like all my social media and, um, be able to continue to help and inspire widows. And so I have a local event coming up. I have six speakers, including myself that we're going to speak to grief. That's one of the things we're going to do. And then my goal is to, uh, start locally with widows in the area to be able, like someone can nominate them or something when they become a widow. And I want to start visiting them like on regular time, like three months later, six months later, nine months, a year when everybody else stops visiting, you know, and bring them like gift baskets, things like that, have widow mixers. Eventually I want to employ, employ widow, like seasoned widows to be able to help with the new widows. And so you're like, I I would be providing employment for widows as well. So it's like widows helping widows. And it's like this whole big vision. And eventually I'd like to help like um, in different countries where widows really are in poverty and help people financially. Anyways, I'm super excited about it. So we're just waiting on the paperwork um, to come through. And, you know, it was just another one of those things. Like when you talk about being on the right path, um, it was, you know, it was going to cost a large amount of money to get this started with the coaching I need and all of that. And it was donated to me. So it was like, Whoa, that's so awesome. Thank you. Sorry, yeah. to... <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you don't really have your whole like setup yet. Just for the people that no, can't see. No, I don't see. have a desk. <laughs> I'm have sitting desk. on a luxurious air mattress. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not super comfortable. You'll have it. Maybe yeah. Well, and I was time. like laying down on my side, like a teenager talking on the phone. <laughs> It's not as I know, as right? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyways, um, once I have the nonprofit started, I'll put links in our podcast so people can check out what it is. And hopefully, you know, I also want to offer like widow coaching and a whole bunch of stuff um, through the nonprofit. And so it's just, it's exciting because the money came through to get it started. And just, I now have an office space in a building where they have um, other ministries. And so I get to like, it's like, I'm going to work. Like I actually got to go today and go sit in the office. It just helps, even though I could do the work at my house and work on my website and do all this, just going somewhere. They also have a gym I get to use for free and free massages and like all kinds of stuff. So you say massages? Yes. Only I don't like massages, but you know, it's there pre-personal training. So today he told me I could do personal training. I was like, okay, that's cool. So it's this really cool ministry that was started in my area. And they basically, it's a minute, they have a whole building. It's just 5013Cs, whatever it's called. I think that's it. I'm still new to this nonprofits and um, it's all nonprofits in the building. And then the owner of the building is running this. So you get to be, go there for free, like have an office space. So right now I have like a temporary, I can go in and out. Eventually he said, we want to see that you're using it. And we'll eventually hopefully give you a space, like with my name on the door and everything. And oh, there's, awesome. you know, meeting rooms, like the um, event I'm doing in March, we get to use a room there. And then, um, yeah, you get personal training, massages, like everything. So I don't like massages though, but you know, Nice well, you know, before you go up on stage or something, they give you a massage, kind of yeah. like loosen you up a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, just going there today and like sitting in office and just focusing, like I'm working on the logo right now, the mission statement, the vision, like all of that stuff and the website. 
I'm just really excited. Like, I feel like God is in this. It's taking everything I've learned over the years through my network marketing experience and leadership and speaking and putting it all into one. And I think it will also help with my speaking career, um, just the credibility of being the founder and president of Widow Goals and, you know, just incorporating it into a lot of things. So anyways, super excited about it. That's amazing. Thank you. It's just like, yeah, good job. Thank you. Like all these things that God has put on my heart, hopefully can be something like, you know, like we do the podcast and all these things. I love them, but I also, I don't have another job right now. So I've got to find a way to make money. And so if this can be a way that I can pay myself to be able to do what I'm already doing, continuing to support, um, you know, doing videos and reaching out, like there's not enough time in the day to respond to all the comments that I get. And so I want to be able to go there and be like, okay, for the first hour, all I do is respond to comments. Cause I want like every day I hear more stories and more stories. And I just want to have time to sit down with each one of them. I know that I can't do that, but at least I can respond to them. Cause I feel rude when they're like, my husband just died and I don't respond, but it's usually, there's so many of them. So if you're someone who follows me and I haven't responded, I do see them and I'm sorry. I just don't have enough time, but hopefully I will. So that's yeah, a little it's bit. It's the same, the same for both. Of, it's the same for our podcast page. We get people replying right. to us or messaging and we try our best, but you know, Michelle and I this is obviously is not a job for us we do it just to help people right um and so we try our best but yeah no I I get where you're coming from it's sometimes it's and it gets overwhelming sometimes because you want to sit there and I don't want to just give the like the generic like I'm praying for you right like I want to actually give personal responses to the person and respond to everything they said and you know um and so it's hard, it's hard to do that sometimes when you got a lot, when you have life yes. going on, it's not like, so yeah, that will be cool if you can go sit in an office and like, yes. this is, you know, at one point could eventually become your job or yes. something, you know, then it becomes something totally different. That's, but either way, that's awesome. I love where your heart's at that, like, you know, you're, you're just wanting to reach out and help people. And, um, I think that the Lord will provide for this ministry, um, and I think that's super cool. I think that's really um, exciting news. Good job. Thank you. Yes, yeah. that's, you know, when God has a purpose from our pain, you know, just like with the podcast, we're able to help other people. And I think that that is one of the most amazing parts of healing too, to be able to, I mean, just we've seen that through this podcast, which we've had like almost 10 months. Like what when we are able to speak to you, the audience, it helps our healing as well. And so I think if we can keep that cycle going, like the people who are receiving healing, then you go help somebody else and let's just continue that. So that's a little bit about, I love having guests because not only, not only the, the different perspectives um, that maybe more people will relate to, like we've talked about before than relating to us. That's why it was really important to me and to you. I know, because we talked about it, but um, you know, also just those people like we're giving them a chance to talk about it for them to like process things. Cause you know, I've seen a lot of times when we have guests that you see them as they're retelling the stories, they're processing certain things. They're coming up with new perspectives or being able to verbalize their beliefs on what it means in their faith. And um, you know, it just helps sometimes to, to get to talk about it and, Mm -hmm bless their hearts because every single one of them has had the same motivation as us. They didn't want to talk about it for their own healing. They wanted to talk about it to help others. And I think Mm -hmm. that's like really, really awesome. But it's been a, an incredible ministry. 
because I would like to announce and thank all of you. Widowed Too Soon is now being listened to in 50 countries. Woo-hoo! 50 that is countries. Just unbelievable. Now, you know, granted, that could be one person in <laughs> hey. that country, but whatever. We touched ground up in 50 <laughs> countries. And it's not, you know, it's not us. It's it's the Lord wanting to reach out to those people. But it's mm-hmm. just like, it just really blows my mind because I remember I was like, I don't want to do this, Michelle. Uh, like, this just isn't <laughs> something I'm comfortable with. Uh-huh. Like, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And, and here we are. It's like, wow, 50 different countries around the world. Some, where it's illegal to be a Christian are listening to our Christian podcast um, with very serious consequences Hmm. um, if they're known to be Christian. And it's um, so we just want to, you know, just thank you guys for listening to us and sharing or spreading the word or whatever. We know a lot of you tell other people about us and we're really grateful. So, well, I think I'm going to segue into today's topic which is lonely, but never alone. Mm-hmm. And so for Michelle and I, we both don't, ex- I mean, I, I still go through some bouts of it, but for the most part, we don't um, experience the loneliness that we used to. I'll just say that. Right. But so Michelle and I are going to try to reflect back to, because we know a lot of you are new widows and widowers. And so we're going to try to sort of time warp back and um, try to tap into the feelings and speak from that perspective of how we used to feel. So, Michelle, can you think back and remember that loneliness and, Hmm. you know, can you describe it and what helped you get through it and things like that? Yeah, it's actually indescribable. Like, but I'll do my best. Um, just like, I remember our hospice nurse saying to us, like, you're saying to me, like, you won't really understand death until you go through it. Uh, understand what that process is like. It doesn't matter what I tell you, you're still not going to fully understand it. And so unless you've been through this, which most of you, if you're listening, you probably have, so you can understand your own version of it. It's hard to put into words. I just remember, um, that sinking feeling, the day after Luke passed away and just waking up and just like, whoa, this is real. And like such heartbreak and such, I guess I wasn't like super lonely yet. That was more heartbreak and shock. And they still had, you know, those first few weeks, really you have people all the time stopping by your house and it's just, and we were like mid COVID and then it was like, what COVID, what? Like, you know, not mid COVID, it was new. It would have been out two months, you know? And so, and we had been very like, had a sign on the door because of loop. I didn't want anyone bringing anything in, you know, like high risk, don't come in. And then all of a sudden it was like, forget, you know, people were in and out and, um, always there like, and people, you know, for us, it wasn't so much bringing meals because they knew my kids were picky and stuff. So it was, uh, bringing us like fast food or bringing us, uh, like gift cards and stuff like that. But there were people in and out. So it wasn't so lonely. And there was stuff in the mail every single day cards. But I remember the first day the mail stopped. I don't know how long it had been, but the first day there was no card. And I was like, Oh, that feels weird. And just kind of that loneliness as it trickled off, as it became not the, the big news with everybody anymore after the service. Now ours is a little different because we had the funeral. And then three months later we had, um, or two months later, April, I can't do the math in my head right now. Um, we had the service. Wait, May. And let me just do it really quick. 
June, July, August, three months. Yeah. Three months later, we had the service. So um, our, my loneliest, like, I just really remember it after the second service. So I remember like leading up to his celebration of life, it felt like planning for a wedding, but not as much joy. There was so much to do. So many people coming in town. And I do remember, and my best friend stayed with me. And up until that time, my daughter Haley had slept in my room with me because I didn't want to be alone. She didn't want to be alone. And then when Deborah came, she moved out and Deborah was with me. And then when Deborah left, that was the first night ever I'd been, been alone in my room ever without anybody. <laughs> Not even once when we were married, Luke never went out of town or anything. And maybe like once or twice when he's at the hospital, but then I had kids there. So first time and it was lonely. And that feeling of like being alone in my room. And I know a lot of you might experience this a lot sooner because you might not have kids at home too, because kids at home does help with the loneliness because you're distracted with them and all of that. But just that sinking feeling of just like, there's nobody in this room with me. Like, this is so strange. And just that, um, that heartbreak of like, what just happened? (laughs) Like, you know, and all of that, um, something, you know, so when I would get in these places, I remember just like laying on the floor, crying and asking God, just help, like help, help me. And, um, there was a song. In fact, we sang it at church this week and the song, um, by mosaic or it's called mosaic. It's called tremble by mosaic. And I would listen to that song and repeat, I'm going to put a link to it. And it's just basically Jesus, Jesus, you make the waters part. You make like, and I just remember laying on the floor crying and like, I need you to hold me. I need you to meet me here. And he always would. It's something that's hard to describe, but it was like feeling peace, like peace come over when you shouldn't be peaceful. And that really helped me like just crying out to God, like I need you. And I remember even dancing in my room, like by myself, listening to worship music and just crying and just like, God meet me. And like, I was lonely, but he would always feel that loneliness, you know, and this, we talk about this in, uh, don't fall for counterfeit comfort. A lot of people try to fill the voids with other things. And I have, we've talked about that episode. We have done our fair share of that, but in this moment, being able to just cry out to God and like, please God meet me here. And he always, always did. And so that was huge for me. Um, the verse that I really like is Deuteronomy 3.18. Let me find that really quick and read that to you. It says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And, you know, God never promises that we're not going to go through hard things, but he's going to be with us. Like when I remember right before Luke died, just like, um, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. I kept saying in my head over and over and over, I will fear no evil. It's not that we weren't going to go through that valley of shadow death because we did, but he never left us. And, and I also, I'll see if I can find a link to always picture. There's this like painting of like you're underwater and Jesus is above the water. And you might've seen this before reaching down. And I always would picture that too, when going through all of this stuff. And it was like, I even would just sit there with my hand up in the air and imagine that. And I'm like, help me, help me. You know, and sometimes when we are at, we are at that lowest point, that is when we can become the closest when we are so broken, there's nothing else. And that is how God met me in the loneliness. He also, you know, provided friends. And I think we have to do our part too. We can't just 
expect to not to be lonely and just stay in our houses. We've got to get out even when we don't feel like it and pray for opportunities and pray for God to bring people into your life. And if you're a more seasoned widow, you know, like Mark and I, are we talking about how we're not really lonely anymore? Maybe you be that person to somebody, to a newer widow, like who is going through this, even if it's through social media, just find somebody that you can be that person to and help them. You can be an answer to somebody's prayer. Um, even within our, you know, our, our widow too soon, Facebook page has really been growing and there's a lot of people interacting, maybe find somebody on there that you want to interact with and say, Hey, I want to be that person to you. How can I help you today? But I, I would say that's kind of what got me through the loneliness and then planning trips. It was summertime. So I planned a lot of trips with my kids, um, new hobbies. You know, I learned to line dance, like just finding those things to have community and getting involved at your church. Um, but really the biggest way that I felt lonely, but never alone, like how God helped me with the loneliness is that crying out on the floor. Like I got nothing left. I got nothing. <laughs> like I can't explain. I know you get it. I know the listeners get it, but that feeling when you feel so broken, that you can't even imagine getting off the floor. Like you're, I yeah. remember that, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like an overwhelming yes. feeling. Um, Cause I, I remember that. And for me, like I went through probably a longer um, period of loneliness. Um, I mean, even though you were widowed three months before I was, mm-hmm. I think it extended quite a while for me. Cause it's still, it's still something that I sometimes feel. Um, but it, it was just this feeling of like, Oh my gosh, like, do I really have to do all of this by myself? Like, Mm -hmm. am I really like alone? And that just made it intensify, you know, it made you, makes you feel even more alone when you realize how alone you are. Um, But same thing, I would cry out to God because for one, you're not alone. And that's what we're saying. You're not alone. Even when you feel like you are alone, God is right there. Like just picture him sitting next to you in the bed. And he's just like sitting there, just whispering to you, just talk to me, just talk to me. And that's what I felt. And so Mm -hmm. I would talk to God and I would cry out to him. And I remember one night in particular, I was feeling like very, very lonely and afraid and just all kinds of things that I wouldn't want to share with people that I know, um, because I didn't want anybody to feel obligated to come and be with me or whatever. And I remember just crying out to God and just saying like, I'm so alone. Can you please like send somebody to me because I don't want to bother anybody. And like, seriously, it was like five minutes after that prayer, my pastor called me and I was actually expecting a call from somebody else. And so when I went over to my phone, but it was somebody, it wasn't like a person I was expecting a call from. It was like a company. Um, And so when I went over and saw that it was my pastor calling me, I got so excited because like not a lot of people were calling me at that point in life. And it was like, I pretty much knew who it was when the phone rang, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, it was my pastor and I was like, Hey, how's it going, man? And he just said, you know, God's just putting you on my heart, man. And I'm just, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And I got a chance to tell him, I'm like, dude, I was crying out to God like five minutes before you called for somebody to reach out to me. And um, so, you know, it's like, God is always with you. It's like, what is it? Isaiah 41 10 says, 
So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And really like try to meditate on that because sometimes it's easy to picture scriptures as just like nice uplifting words. But like think about the reality, the truthfulness, the God actually has said this. Do not fear. Insert your name here. For mm-hmm. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. For I am your, insert your name here, God. Mm-hmm. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I've felt it. You've felt it. Yeah. It's it's real. You know, God is really there for us and you know sometimes it's not in those ways but it's kind of like this is kind of how I think of it it's kind of like when you have a really bad headache and it just will not go away and you're like fine like I'm gonna take ibuprofen that's how I am like I don't like to take it but when the headache's bad enough and you take it and then it's like you kind of forget about that the headache but then you realize like a couple hours later like oh that terrible headache's gone. That's kind of how it felt like for me when I would like mm-hmm. pray to God about things that uh, it was like a couple hours later, I would look back and be like, whoa, like he totally like helped me feel better. He helped my heart feel more full and mm-hmm. made my soul feel less alone. And um, I mean, I would ask, you know, you and I have talked about this before. I would ask God to come and sit with me. Yeah. I would ask Jesus to just come be with me. And um let me feel his presence. And there's so much power in that. A lot of us, we tend to get so into the world that we don't actually think about the reality of God. Mm-hmm. We just kind of, it's kind of this like back thought sometimes like, yeah, I believe right. in God. Like God is real Jesus, you know, but sometimes it hits you. You're like, whoa, no, wait, this is real. Like I'm talking to a real person a real entity and he's really listening and just kind of gives you this overwhelming feeling of like yeah I'm not alone Mm -hmm. I don't know why this is happening I don't know the plan for my life but um you know it's just yeah it's just like the I guess just the summary of it is that like God is real these are real tools they're not like you know, just inspiring words to lift you up, to make you feel better. These are real commandments of the God of the universe. Mm -hmm. He says in first Peter five, seven, we've, you know, mentioned this before, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Mm -hmm. And I've literally said those words. I'm like, Lord, I'm casting my worries. I'm casting my fears. I'm casting my burdens on you because you can handle it. Mm-hmm. and um yeah we have it's like we have to switch our mindset when we're in that loneliness because the loneliness is overwhelming mm-hmm. it causes anxiety which causes fear which leads to more loneliness and it's just this dark just depressing cycle that just ke- it feels like you're in this like whirlpool And it just keeps cycling you down into the abyss, you know? Um, 
and it's very easy to like go down that road, but it's like, you have to stop and like course correct and go to God because you are never alone, no matter how lonely you feel. And that is scriptural. That is factual. This is not some happy, you know, thing that Michelle and I made up to make you feel better. It's real. And so I, you know, I think back to what do you do in loneliness? Well, you reach out to people, you search for relationships, you search for things that temporarily fill the void, because like you said, um, it becomes yesterday's news to everybody. And it's not because they don't care. It's just because that's how life is. That's how human nature is. As other people's lives and I, I would almost guarantee that anybody in here listening would know exactly what I'm talking about, that you can hear about some tragic news on Facebook that happened to somebody you know, or a news article that happened to somebody you didn't know. And there's a deep sadness that can overcome you that you feel so bad for that person in their situation. Mm-hmm. But a couple hours later, what are you doing? You're back to normal life. You're going to Target. You're going to Home Depot. You're doing whatever you're doing in your life and you kind of move on from it. And it's not because if somebody asked you about it, you wouldn't care anymore. It's just, that's how human nature is. And so you have to know that that's going to happen. If you're in those new stages as a widow or widower, no matter how much love and support you have engulfing you right now, there is a time where it's going to dramatically decrease Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to basically think like nothing happened to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that feeling. Through it, you know, and you're like, man, how is it like, how are these like, you know, I remember having this feeling of like, how are these people posting about like NFL scores like Lacey died <laughs> yesterday right. and they all know that and it wasn't anything, any animosity towards them, but it's just, I didn't understand yet at that point in the game that like just because my world had been so disrupted doesn't mean anybody else has had but Mm -hmm. that's why your true source of getting through your loneliness does not come from people Mm -hmm. it comes from your father in heaven it comes from your savior jesus that's where you're going to not feel alone right yeah yeah so anyways i just had a memory come back um Maybe it was two months after Luke died, not that long. I was, I have this group that we do girls night once a month that we try to, and I think it was real soon. And now it wouldn't bother me at all. They were talking about proposal stories. Like how did your husband propose to you? And I was like, literally fighting back tears. I'm like, did they forget that Luke just died? Like what? And they were all, but I could see one friend looking at me. I think she was even texting me from across the table and she was like, are you okay with this? And I was like, no. And so when it got to, <laughs> so yeah, she saw it in my eyes. And then, um, so when it was my turn, they asked me and I was like, you know, I can't really do this right now. Like Luke just died. Like maybe someday, which now would be no problem. I'd tell my proposal story, like how he proposed to me. And it was actually, I was very upset, like super upset. I look back at it now and I'm like, I wouldn't even bother me at all. Like it would be like, sure, that'd be great. But I was so upset in that moment. I'm like, they forgot they're so insensitive. And I ended up, I actually had to um, confront one of them. I said, I need to talk to you like a week or two later. And um, I, you know, I said that really bothered me. Like, why did you ask? It was the one who asked the question. Like she said, but it was a total miscommunication and I'd be fine with her hearing this because we worked it all out. She said, 
you know, when someone that she knew died, she said, well, we liked talking about memories. So I thought you'd like talking about memories. So she didn't mean anything bad by it. So always give people the benefit of the doubt too. They don't mean to. She thought it would be helpful to me. And at some point it would, but it was too soon for me. It was too soon to be talking about it. And then, and then I remember also being a girl's night and people complaining about their husbands. And I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Like my husband just died. I think I remember that being the hardest thing. Like when people would be, or like seeing all these couples, I would cry when I go to church and see these couples, especially, I remember looking at this older couple and I started crying. I'm like, that's never going to be me and Luke. Like, that's never going to be us, but we're going to grow old together. And like, it just hits you at certain times. It doesn't anymore like that so much, but it hit me a lot in the beginning and feeling alone when it's couples, like that was a hard thing for me. (laughs) For sure. And, um, I don't feel like that anymore, but definitely in the beginning, it was really hard. And like, even my closest friends, they made mistakes in it because they were, but they were trying, at least they tried, they were trying to do the right thing. But I just remembered like people being like couples that really bothered me or families together. And like, I remember being at great wolf lodge last year, but like, I guess before that, like my first Thanksgiving without Luke. Um, so 2020. And um, being a great lodge with my kids because we're going to do something different and watching all these families walk by. And I was just crying and crying. I was listening to music and probably Enya or something and just crying and just watching these families. And like, God, it's not fair. Like, I just want my family, you know? And so you may experience that and that's okay. What we feel, we heal. So let yourself feel it. Um, But God can also meet you in those moments. And then it is kind of turning your thinking around. Cause I remember texting somebody and they're like, well, maybe you should stop listening to any and stop focusing on that. And then I think I turned on like worship music and turned it around. Like you have to be purposeful sometimes. I remember life. hearing that share song, um, on the radio, you know, the, um, do you believe No, I would love to see a video of that. It'd be like a Saturday night live. I'm like, I'm not strong enough. <laughs> I'm never going to hear that song the same. I'm always going to be. No, pitching. you won't. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've done that kind of like, thing why too. did this come on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I know it wasn't funny in the moment, but just picturing, it does sound oh, like yeah. SNL, like picturing you like doing that to that song <laughs> cracks me up. But I know in the moment oh, it was awesome. pain, but yeah, that's, yeah you get it yeah i wonder if that was about i don't know anything about the backstory of that i wonder if that's about sonny bono like dying oh i have no clue you know she was married to him and he had that skiing accident or whatever i don't know if you remember that so nope. she lost her husband <laughs> oh okay. um and i would imagine when i would like listen to the lyrics i'd imagine that that's what she's talking about um but yeah i remember <laughs> hearing that and i was like why no um it's pretty funny you should when we end this you should uh look it up and listen to it. you're gonna be laughing pretty i will be picturing that oh that's funny but anyways but now i I am strong enough you are strong (laughs) enough yes and you know what if you're a new widow it gets better we're here to tell you it gets better we were always told second year's harder both mark and i don't agree with that no (laughs) i mean way better a million times better like yeah that's like, uh, I don't know, it's like breaking your wrist and someone telling you that the second month is harder. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not for right. some people. That just made no sense logically to me at all. Like, I'm like, no, like you 
learn so much in the first year about how to do it. You get used to doing everything alone. You learn how to, mm-hmm. um, you know, survive. You learn yeah. how to survive. And come year two, you've gained a lot of knowledge and um, a lot of resources and tips and tricks and healing and all kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I never, I never bought into that. Even, even when I was only at like two months, I had, it was when I first had heard that that the second year is even harder. And I'm like, at first I was like, oh my gosh, seriously? That's horrible news. You don't want to hear like, that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't believe that, uh-huh. you know? I was like, there's no way. There's no way it's going to hurt more than it hurts right now. Cause it right. is like, just, it was the most intense pain. I was like, how does it get worse than this? Right. You know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, maybe it's still really hard in the second year. Um, but even that, I don't, it's just so much different, you know, so much different in the second year, but I feel like, um, I feel like the time has gone faster in the second year. Cause I'm yes. looking at in two, about two and a half months, it'll be, I'll be entering year three. Like that's crazy. Like the first year seemed really long, like <laughs> just yeah. a lot. The first of everything. And then the second year has been going by so fast that it's just. Yeah. And I, yeah, like you said, it's not everyone's experience, but I always like, I didn't like it when people would tell me the second year, like what? Like, it just was like defeating, like really? Yeah. It Cause harder? it's like, it's even if that's true, <laughs> that's such a terrible thing to say to someone. You're like, you think this is hard? <laughs> Wait until later. <laughs> it's going to get even worse. And you're, you're like, like what? thanks. <laughs> you know, like, right. I'm already feeling in the pits and you're telling me it's going to get worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's not fun. You know, it's, but, you know, obviously having good friends is obviously mm-hmm. a very good way to deal with the loneliness. But yeah, I remember um, I couldn't go have dinner with certain people because it felt like they had this perfect family. I also couldn't go hang out with certain people because I'm like, dude, I don't want to hear you complain about your wife. Right. Like I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to hear you whining that she's in a bad mood because I'll tell you what, then I'll trade you spots so yeah, I can have exactly. my wife back. You know, right. and not in any. You know, not like I'm that callous person or whatever. But like, um, you know, it just felt kind of like insensitive. Like you were saying, it was like, really, are you going to sit here and complain to me? <laughs> you know, one of the ones that I read um, when we were talking about ridiculous things people say. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe it as someone was like, wow, I wish it was my husband. Remember oh, that one? Yes, that's horrible. I'm like, are you serious? Like, you don't anyways. really, yeah. But, you know, going back to what I was saying about friends, I, I think about this, um, Proverbs 18, 24, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but mm-hmm. there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Mm-hmm. I have been blessed with quite a few of those friends. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which is the my really good friend Chris, who mm-hmm. told you. I know. I know. Um, he was so faithful to always check mm-hmm. on me, to always offer. I remember I was sick. They brought me soup. Mm-hmm. Like like just they were always him and his wife Angela they were just always there for me I have other friends like that too I've mentioned in other episodes but um he was just so consistent at just checking on me when everybody else was treating me like life had moved on Mm -hmm. 
he was just always very good at acknowledging that my world had been turned upside down forever. Right. Like for instance, for this move, he texted me to check on me and to tell me that Lacey would be really proud of us mm. and just a lot of really nice things that, you know, yeah. um, I know he listens to some of our episodes, so I don't want to like embarrass him too much, but <laughs> um, you know, he actually, <laughs> he actually nicknamed me Charmin. <laughs> like you know the toilet paper i've seen that on because, facebook and yeah, i really understood he said it because i'm softness that you can feel <laughs> oh my goodness wow because i like if, he'll always say if i make some mushy post about Lacey on facebook mm-hmm. he'll post like a, a yeah i've seen it. It, is, of like the charm bear like hugging like oh man it's funny but yeah anyways so when you have friends or family mm-hmm. like that that are just constantly remembering you yeah that's a huge gift but you know again it still goes back to no matter no matter how good of a friend chris is he's not my relationship with christ that Mm -hmm. is like obviously supersedes all and so that's that's what you need to go to just as advice for you new um new people to this unfortunate club that it is not just a fairy tale it is not like like i said earlier is not just like words to make you feel better it's real he will come to you you need to feel it for yourself to understand Mm -hmm. what we're talking about but plead with him to come to you in your loneliness and i i just challenge you as believers to do that if you don't already Mm -hmm. watch how because it's you have to remember though this is a process Right. It's not instant. It's not immediate. But when you constantly pray for healing, you're going to receive healing. Mm -hmm. If you constantly are going for God, for understanding and for wisdom and for grace, he will give it to you and he will give it to you abundantly to where you can thrive and, you know, walk down this road and be a faithful servant and a beautiful testimony. Mm hmm of what God can do. And also because people are watching us when you're a believer, I've talked about this before in the past, when you're a believer and you lose your spouse, people are watching you to see if you really believe what you say you believe. And when you stand tall, I'm not going to make short jokes about myself. (laughs) (laughs) When you stand tall and stand on your faith, People are watching that. And I'm telling you from firsthand experience, it is powerful. Mm-hmm. I know many people that are atheists that have reached out to me asking about God after Lacey died. Mm-hmm. People that I never, you know, some of those people that you don't even want to waste your breath praying for because you say there's no hope for that person right. to be saved. And um, and now we all know that that's bad and that's wrong and that we should always be praying for everybody. But, you know, there's this human side of you that just (laughs) feels like, oh yeah, that person will never find Christ. Like they will never soften their heart enough to receive that. But I'm telling you, you could be wrong. You very Mm -hmm. easily could be wrong. I've seen it firsthand. People where I was like, no way. And then, yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. But, you know, the point is people are watching you Yeah, on Christ for your loneliness. 
because you're still a walking testimony. And I'll tell you that I won't get too down too far down this road, but we are living in some interesting times. I really feel like Jesus's return is any day now. Like, I mean, not literally like I'm, but that's how we're mm -hmm. supposed to live as believers. We're supposed right. to live in imminency of his return, that we are always looking for it. And we have never been closer to everything prophetically lining up. And I won't go down that road. You can hit me up a private message if you want to talk about it. Um, but it's just fascinating to look around. And so that, though, is something the reason I brought that up is because for you and I both, the world was spinning into a dark, unknown place when we right. lost our spouses. And with COVID and, you know, both of us living in, you know, pretty locked down mm -hmm. uh, states and, you know, just not knowing what's going on in the world and stuff like that. And everything's so crazy and can't buy toilet paper and things <laughs> flying off the shelves and, yeah. um, you know, all these talks and rumors of this and rumors of that. I remember that was so intense after just losing my wife right? that I just felt so overwhelmed in life. And so you might be feeling that way now with the current events in the world. And the world is not falling apart. The world is falling into place. All this might mean is that we are going to be in eternity with our loved ones, possibly sooner rather than later. And it's all, it's a beautiful thing. It's something we all hope for. Mm -hmm. Don't have any fear. That's all. Right. I wanted to share a song that really helped me um, just read some of the lyrics. It's called Rescue by Lauren Daigle. And it has meant a lot to me. I'm going to put a link to it, but here are some of the words. You are not hidden. There's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless, though you have been broken, your innocence stolen. I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. There is no distance that cannot be covered over and over. You're not defenseless. I'll be your shelter. I'll be your armor. And it goes through some of the same words again, but I love this. Like I will rescue you because that's I where that song. I love that too. Right. And that's where we all need, we need rescued. And especially when we're in this place of complete heartbreak to have God rescue us is an amazing, amazing thing. And like, I would not be where I am today. Um, you know, and I've gotten a lot of criticism for being joyful, <laughs> but yeah. you know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I would not be here if I didn't have Jesus and the strength and the power and the peace and the love and the hope that he brings, like we would not be doing this podcast. Like if we didn't have God, we'd be like, blubbering messes we just be like oh, posting yeah. crying selfies constantly and like not that that's bad if you've done that but which i have in some circumstances but it's not like a 24 7 thing anyways like we are where we are because of god and we just want that for everybody that's the whole point of this podcast and point of this episode that you can be lonely but never alone so yeah did you have anything else you want to say and wrap or wrap it up in prayer or what Yes, I would like you to put a link in the notes, if you wouldn't mind, please, to Cher's song. <laughs> I knew you were going to say, I knew you were trying to be serious, but there was about to be something. I will, because that'll be fun. I'm for sure putting oh, a link. Oh, that's funny. Do you believe in life and democracy? You like yeah, singing? Yeah. yeah, it's good. I really don't think you're strong <laughs> enough, no. 
I'm not strong I'm enough. Not strong enough. Oh my gosh, we should totally do a video of that. Some oh, that would be a good TikTok. That would. Be that would you should do it. Do it. Steal it. Do it. Copyright. Can I? Copy Can I steal your it. idea? Yep. But it'll Trade be like, Michelle. It. <laughs> like trademark it. That's uh, so funny. Um, because that would be really awesome. Actually, you just yeah, it's gonna go viral. Thank you for your idea. You're great. welcome. Do it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it. Please do it. Seriously. <laughs> okay. I'm holding you to it. I want to see it. I will. It. It'll be so funny. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. Uh, I just want to see a little thing at the end that says credit to my friend, Mark. <laughs> I will. Kidding. I will give you some credit. <laughs> I will somehow figure uh, out. How yeah, I totally that. remember that. I was <laughs> it's funny now, but I remember like his music is music has an impact. You know, oh, yeah. music is a very powerful thing. I remember mm-hmm. that song. Um, one of the songs that just got me through, and I mentioned this before, was um, uh, Oceans. Mm, yeah, it's a good one. I would just listen to that song over and over and over, and it would end, and I would start it over, and I would yeah. start it over, and mm-hmm. it just, it made me feel strong. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, like, I'm going to do this, you know, mm-hmm. help, I'm going to do this, and um, yeah. So, no, um, share. <laughs> yep share the share share the share all right right. no so uh i will pray for us all right remember we used to do um i'll dial and you hang up (laughs) well that's what we both prayed the first time you said that i was laughing so hard (laughs) yeah do you want to pray i'm like sure and you're like all right you dial i'll hang up Like, had oh you never God. heard that before I, just, I never heard that i just thought it was really clever yeah i don't think i didn't make it up i think it was like from youth group or something oh <laughs> who's okay. gonna be the dial who's gonna hang i don't know i actually have no idea for sure where it came from but i just yeah. thought it was really funny i just thought of it right now yeah um so all right but you dial and hang up yeah. we, we used to like both pray and it got way too long so you know yeah well i thought about that and uh, but it wasn't it when um we were praying for people on like live videos that we were doing mm, that maybe <laughs> i don't know i'll have to go back and listen to one of our earlier episodes anyways um one fun fact two fun facts okay um they do not say shopping cart in tennessee <laughs> they call them buggies buggies which i thought was like the weirdest thing i'm all it is weird um and uh, a girl, I, you know, for the sake of her privacy, I won't mention her name, but she listens to us and uh, her and I are friends on Facebook. And she sent me this video as a heads up for what people are like in the South. <laughs> and that when people say, bless your heart, mm-hmm. it has many different meanings. <laughs> and it shows these two old ladies in many different situations saying, bless your heart to people either doing dumb things or sweet things or funny things or dumb whatever and um that it just it's just it's like a coverall it's kind of like aloha you know Mm -hmm. and um so anyways uh so I told her I was like oh man like I'm gonna have to like let you know how people said it to me (laughs) I've never heard that before when I was in the hotel in Arkansas um the guy at the front desk I was talking to, I said, yeah, man, I was, uh, I was like, I decided to start, I started staying at Hilton's, you know, like nicer mm-hmm. hotels because the first night we were at motel six mm-hmm. and it felt like a really bad part of town. Yeah. And, and so I was telling him the story and I was like, I could not sleep. 
I kept going out and checking on my car all night. So I decided to stay at nicer hotels from now on. And he goes, Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, man. I'm all, wait a minute. Is that I was a, like, what does it mean exactly? Is that an insult or? <laughs> so, oh, bless your heart. Like you didn't know before or like. I don't know. That's it. So I'm trying to figure it out because it can mean I've heard it a, a few times now. So I have heard just for all of you down South that listen to us. I've gotten a couple bless your hearts. And I need help with translation quick because I don't know what people are saying. And to do me. you know that you said it during this episode? You said bless their hearts. I wrote it down to say something and then we moved on. I promise you hear serious? that. Yes, I can't remember exactly what part, but when you listen oh, to it. No, I, I say I've said, okay, I've said that before. I, <laughs> okay. That wasn't a Tennessee thing. I've said that in the past because my mom used to say that. Okay, because I'm like, you said in it already. In telling a story. Yeah. Like okay. when she's saying like bless their hearts, they meant well. Yeah. Okay, so but that's they said something that insulted. So, but now I know what you're talking about. I'm all shut up. Did I really say that? <laughs> but I, I now I remember. Okay, but if you say it to me, I'm not going to know how to take it. What depending on what I'm talking about, and you're like, bless oh, your bless heart. It's going to be interesting to be like when, like, say, two or three years from now, people are like, oh yeah, they're on an episode 120. Go back and listen to like episode 30 or 40. Mark, you could tell he was from California at that right? time. Right, now he has an accent. accent. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm I sure don't know. You'll pick, you I don't know if I'll up. pick it up. I think you will. Maybe. All right, well, I'll pray and okay. then we'll wrap her up. Wrap it up, all right. Uh, Heavenly all right. Father, I just thank you so much for this time, this ministry. Um, I personally thank you for safe travels and all the blessings and doors that you've opened for us to get to this new home. We're really grateful. Um, and we feel your presence and we thank you for that. Thank you for Michelle's ministry um, that you are guiding. And I pray that you would bless that richly for the benefit of all the people that I know she wants to help. I pray against any spiritual attack, uh, attacks against Michelle, that she would um, be able to continue fighting through, pushing through and focusing on the the people that she's helping, the hundreds of people she's helping and not the one or two negative, but those are the ones we focus on. Um, I pray that you would help her to not focus on those and um, that you would just take her ministry wherever you want it to go and that it would be for your kingdom. Um, but I thank you for her heart in doing that. It's awesome. And Lord, I thank you, or I mean, excuse me, I, I pray for all of those who are in the beginning of this journey and are feeling loneliness, I pray that as they call out to you, that you would come to them quickly and comfort them and cover them and just make them feel your presence. Allow them to just feel filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered beyond anything that they can comprehend. And I pray all of these things, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would walk with all of us. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. If you liked this episode, we'd love it if you give us a little bing, five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen or give us a little review. It helps us to get the word out. If you want to be a guest, we'd love to have you. You can email us at widow2soonm at gmail.com. Um, if we haven't gotten back to you, I know there's a few, we are working on it. There are a few people that are in line to be guests. Um, and you can also find us on Facebook. Just look up Widow Too Soon. I just saw we have over 500 people now. So it's really been growing like crazy nice. the last few months. And I love seeing Thank the community. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, also Instagram, Widow Too Soon underscore all the places. 
I think that's it. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. So <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and we look forward to talking to you next time. Yep. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. God bless. Bye.